Welcome to the LifeGate Podcast. Our vision is to create moments that change lives. We pray that these weekly messages will be a moment in your day that leads to a change in your life. For more information, visit us online at LifeGateBurleson.com. How many of you have seen at least one of the Top Gun movies? Come on, look at that. That's almost everybody. All right, how many of you, how many of you seen uh, maybe the 1986 version? You seen that one? All right, put your hands down. How many saw the new one that came out last? Like, yeah, almost everybody, right? So let's just do a little survey here among, since it's almost everybody. How many of you liked the first one better? If you liked the first one better. All right, yeah, a few of you. Yeah, it's pretty good. How many of you like the second one better? Have you raised a few? Like the second one, how many like, I don't even care as long as Tom Cruise is in an aviator jacket and airplane, then I'm all good on that, right? That's right, all the ladies are raising their hand on that, right? And, and here's the deal, man, I, I love both of these movies and it was really so much nostalgia, you know, when it came out last year. And of course, like, I, what I loved about the movie is obviously there's some deep truths and we'll talk about that, but man, I love the avionics and I love the, the airplanes and I love that they actually really flew in those airplanes. They didn't just green screen it and you can like see it on their face, you know, and the G-forces and stuff like that. And obviously, uh, it, it, this movie, these movies, these Top Gun movies, they bring the cool, you know? saying because you got the airplanes you got the bombers jackets you got you know the guys with the six-pack abs playing football on the beach and you got all that kind of stuff and yet as cool as all of that is there really are some deep powerful truths that we learn through these movies and there's some incredible themes throughout the movies themes like courage and honor and love and and teamwork and yet at the heart of Top Gun Maverick is this theme that's a really a very deep theme it's a, it's a theme of grief and loss it's a dream it's a theme of guilt and regrets it's, it's one that we can all relate to in fact I think that's why the movie did so well not just because of all the cool stuff but because we can all relate to what Maverick was going through in the story. If you haven't seen the movie, or even if you have, I'll kind of set it up for you. At the beginning of Top Gun Maverick, we actually find that Maverick hadn't changed a whole lot in 30 years. He's basically still that same guy that he was back in 1986 in the original Top Gun movie. He's still kind of a loose cannon. He still likes to push the envelope and he hasn't, he hasn't advanced much in his military career and yet they call upon him one more time to come back to Top Gun school, this time not to be a pilot, but this time to be a teacher and to raise up a new, a new generation of pilots to teach them to be top guns to go on a secret, pretty much almost impossible mission. And as he begins to gather together the team and as they begin to come together, he discovers that there's one guy on the team who is someone that he already had a deep history and past with, a young man by the name of Rooster. Check this out. You can see the emotion in Maverick's face when he sees Rooster come in. And why is that emotion there? Because there's a past, there's a history between the two of them. See, if you saw the first movie, what you know is that that Maverick had a partner, a flying partner, his name was what? Come on, who knows what it was? Goose, right? And Goose happened to be Rooster's dad. And of course, if you know the story, you know that because Maverick was kinda such a hot shot and he liked to push the envelope so much, there was the ending of the story, it was a tragic accident and Goose lost his life. 
And now Maverick is carrying around the guilt of his friend and his partner that died at basically because of some of the risks that he took and he's dealing with this. And so as he sees Rooster walk in, he feels the pain of that guilt and of that shame and of the things that had happened in his past. In fact, it leads me to my first thought today. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. And that is this, that it's hard to fly forward if you're always tied down to your past. See what I did there with the fly thing? Come on, I know you like that, right? But here's the deal, like, it's hard to move forward if you're always tied down to the guilt and the pain and the shame of your past. And maybe there are some of you that are in this room today that you're a little bit like Maverick. You've got some guilt and you've got some shame. You've got some things that are tying you down and keeping you from moving forward. For some of you, maybe it's some choices that you have made. And in the moment, you thought it was a good choice, but you were young and immature and you didn't know. And now you are still reaping the difficulties of the choice that you have made. Or even if you're not still reaping the consequences, you still feel the guilt and the shame and the pain over it. Maybe there's some of you that are here, it's something that you said, and in the moment you, you said it, you didn't really mean it, but it just kind of came out, and now you can't take it back, and you carry around that guilt and that shame over that thing that you said. For some of you, maybe, maybe it's something in your past relationships. Maybe it's a sexual thing from the past, and in the moment you didn't know, and you were immature, and you made some mistakes, and you've tried to move on, but it continues to haunt you, and, and now it's even affected your marriage or your intimacy with your spouse, and you carry around that guilt and that shame over that. Maybe it's something in a marriage or with your children. Maybe some of you have been divorced, and you look back, and you still carry that thinking, man, if I'd have just tried harder, if I'd have just been a better husband, if I'd have just been a better wife, or if I'd have just been a better dad and you carry all of this guilt and all of this shame from all of the things that have happened in your past and they weigh you down they tie you down and keep you from being able to move forward in fact when I think about this I think about another guy in the Bible a guy by the name of Peter in fact, we, we see part of his story in Luke chapter 22. Now, Peter was one of the disciples, and of the disciples, Peter was kind of, he was kind of the top gun of the disciples, because, man, he was, he was part of Jesus' inner circle. In fact, Jesus even renamed him, called him the rock. He was the guy who walked on water. I mean, Peter had some extreme highs, but at the same time, he also had some really extreme lows. And in Luke chapter 22, we see one of his low moment, moments, one of the moments of, of regret for Peter that, that just to set up the story that Jesus has already been tried and he's being taken, he's been taken to be crucified and, and the crowd is following and Peter is following him at a distance. And we find out what happens. Look at this in Luke chapter 22 and verse 54. It says, and then they seized him and they led Jesus away and took him into the house of the high priest. And Peter followed at a distance, but when they had kindled a fire in the middle of the courtyard and had sat down together, Peter sat down with them. And a servant, a servant girl saw him seated there in the firelight, and she looked closely at him and said, man, this man was with him, but he what? He denied it. Woman, I don't even know him, he said. A little bit later, someone else saw him and, and said, you are one of them. And Peter said, man, I am not. About an hour later, another asserted, certainly this fellow was with them, for he is a Galilean. And Peter replied, man, I don't know what you're talking about. And just as he was speaking, the rooster crowed. And the Lord turned and looked straight at Peter. And then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, that the Lord had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows today, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. 
Can you imagine the guilt that Peter must have felt? Can you imagine from that point on, every time he ever heard a rooster crow, he would be reminded of the mistakes of his past. And some of you, that's exactly where you're at. That there are things that remind you of the past, of the things that you've done, that a song comes on the radio and immediately it takes you right back to that moment, that moment that you're ashamed of, that moment that you regret the most. You open your phone in the morning and you flip open the the social media and you look at the memories on your Facebook or the time hop and something pops up and immediately it takes you back to that moment of your greatest guilt and shame. Seasons of the year change, the fall comes or the winter comes and and it reminds you of that moment years maybe ago and it brings you back to that moment. It's like the rooster crowing and taking you back to that moment of guilt and shame. And that's exactly where Maverick was. That when rooster, notice the parallel there, when rooster walks into the room, it all of a sudden takes him back to that guilt and that shame and that pain of what had happened in his past. That leads me to my second thought today, and that is this, your past impacts who you are, but it should never limit who you become. See, what you've done and what has happened in your past, it may be a part of who you are, but it should never limit who you become. In fact, this is what we see happen with Maverick. You saw it in, in the opening, of the trailer of the movie that here's Maverick. It's been 30 years now, and he's still a captain. He has so much more in him. He should have been an admiral, but he never moved up. He never was able to move forward. He was always stuck back in 1986, even though he had great potential inside of him. He never moved past the things that had happened in his past. It was part of who he is, but he allowed it to limit who he would become. He allowed it to become part of his identity. Everybody say identity, his identity. And isn't this what the enemy likes to do to us sometimes? That he likes to take the mistakes and the failures of our past and try to name us by them, try to make it part of our identity. You failed, therefore you are a failure. You messed up, therefore you are a messed up. You sinned, therefore you are a sinner. And those things, those mistakes of our past, the enemy wants to come in and cause them to hold us back to even become part of the identity of who we see ourselves as. In fact, one of the themes of the movie is that these men and these ladies that are these fighter pilots, they have these call names, and the call names, they mean something. They have a reason that they're called. There's a reason he was called Maverick, because he was a maverick. There was another man in the, in the movie, one of the fighter pilots, and his name was Hangman. And they wondered why was he named Hangman, and how did he get his name? And it shows it right here in the movie. Check it out. Why are they calling him Hangman? Because he always leaves his partner hanging out to dry. And can you imagine? Like, can you imagine that being your name from that point on? Like, you made a mistake and now that's who you are? And yet that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to call us by our mistakes. He wants to make that our identity. I can imagine what it might have been like for Peter. In, that, in those moments after he had denied that he knew the Lord, imagine the thoughts that the enemy must have put in, your, in his head. Like, you call yourself a disciple? You really think you are a follower of Jesus? You couldn't even admit that you knew him. You think you're going to make a difference in the world? You couldn't even stand up to a little girl who asked if you were one of the disciples. This is just who you are. You are a failure. And Peter had to decide, 
Would he listen to what the enemy was saying about him? Would he allow that to become his identity? Or would he listen to what Jesus had said about him? In fact, when you think about what Jesus said about Peter, you understand that his first name actually wasn't Peter. His name was Simon, right? You know what Simon means? Simon means little pebble. (laughs) But Jesus said, hey, no, no, you're not just a little pebble. I'm going to from now on call you Peter. You are going to be the rock. Come on, do you smell what the rock is cooking? Come on, right. I just added that right there. It wasn't even in my notes. Come on. But Jesus took his little name of little pebble and he turned him into, he said, no, 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 I, I call you rock. And notice this, he, he did that before Peter ever did anything great. Yeah. See, in that moment when Jesus called him that, he was not much like a rock. He was more like a little dirt clod that would crumble under the pressure, right? But here's the deal is that Jesus didn't call him for what he did. Jesus named him for who he would become. He didn't call him by his failure. He called him by his future. And there are some of you that are in this place today, and that's what you need to hear. Like you have been, you have become the thing that you did. You have allowed it to become your identity. And you need to make a choice just like Peter did, that you're going to not just, you're not going to listen to what the enemy has said about you. And you're not going to allow the thing that you have done or the thing that happened to you to name you. Instead, you're going to allow yourself to listen to what God has said about you. And what does God say about you? Well, check it out. Look what the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17. It says, if anyone belongs to Christ he has become what a new person the old life is gone and the new life has begun the Bible says hey when we come to Christ he makes us new when we come to him the guilt is gone the shame is wiped away that we are no longer the person that we were that he gives us a new name and a new identity and we become new in him and all we have to do is listen to what he has said about us see he doesn't call us by what we did but he names us by what we become. And the enemy, boy, he wants to tell you, you're, you got divorced, so you are a divorcee. You had an addiction, so you are an addict. You had an affair, so you are an adulterer. You had a financial failure, so you are a failure. But God says, no, I don't call you just by what you did. That might shape who you are, but it's not going to limit who you become. I call you a child of God. I call you a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I call you my workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that I prepared in advance for you to do. I call you the righteousness of Christ. I call you a citizen of heaven. I call you forgiven. I call you a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. Listen to what he has said about you. Who are we going to listen to? We're going to listen to what the enemy says or what God has said. It's hard to fly forward if we're always tied down to our past. That past may shape who we are, but it cannot limit who we become in Christ. And number three, write this down. Your biggest sins are not too big for God's grace. Oh, man, if we could get that down in our hearts. We may have done some things in our past. We have, may have had some failures and some things that we are ashamed of or that we are not proud of, but those mistakes and failures are not too big for God's grace and his forgiveness in our life. See, this is what happens with Peter. Peter thinks I failed, and so now I am a failure. It's over. And what does he do? He says, I- I'm just going to go fishing. Come on, how many of you ever made a mistake and just thought, just forget it, I'm just going fishing. Come on, I'm just going golfing. I'm just going whatever, right? And of course, we think that's, you know, oh, that's what you would do is go fishing. But there's more to it than just that. 
See, Peter was a fisherman before he became a disciple. And so now he messes up. He denies the Lord. He thinks, I can never be a disciple. I'm just going to be a failure. I might as well just go back to the life that I had before. And isn't that what the enemy wants you to do? That when you mess up, he wants to tell you, you are a failure. You might as well just go back and live the life that you lived before because it's over for you. And so Peter goes back. He begins to fish. And while he's fishing, the risen Savior, he's already gone to the cross. He's already gone into the tomb. He's already been risen. And he comes to Peter on the shore when Peter's out there fishing. And he begins to speak to Peter. And I want you to see what happens in John chapter 21 and verse 15. Look at this. It says, and Jesus said, Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Yes, Lord, you know that I love you, Jesus. And so Jesus said, feed my sheep. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, then take care of my sheep. A third time, everybody say a third time. A third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Now, can you imagine what was going on in Peter's mind? I mean, maybe even Peter was getting a little bit annoyed, <laughs> a little bit, you know, maybe a little offended. Jesus, why do you keep asking me, do you love me? You know that I love you. And he asked, he's asked me three times. But here's the deal. I don't think it was by accident that Jesus asked him three times. Because Simon denied him three times, and Jesus was restoring him the same amount of times that he had failed. And then I want you to notice this. This will blow your mind. The Bible says when this happened, it was very early in the morning. Now think about this. What happens early in the morning? Roosters crow. Now, I don't know, it doesn't say it in the Bible, but in my mind's eye, I could imagine that as Jesus is saying, Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. Simon, do you love me? Yes, Lord. Three times as that is happening, I could imagine early in the morning that somewhere in the distance that Peter hears a rooster crow, and in that moment, everything changed. In that moment, instead of hearing a rooster crow and being reminded of what he would, had done from that moment on, every time he heard the rooster crow, he wasn't reminded of his failure. He was reminded of God's forgiveness and his faithfulness and how God had restored him to that place that he called him to be. And some of you, that's exactly where you're at. Like you've got some memories of things in your past and things that you've done, and God wants to change those memories. He wants to give you the opportunity to let it go and move on to what he has called you to do. And this is exactly what happens for Maverick in the movie. He comes to a place where he's kind of beyond himself. He's trying so hard to get, to get these students to kind of buy in and kind of break through with the students, and he can't break through. And so he calls an old friend, calls Iceman, and Iceman is sick. He's got cancer of the throat. He can barely even talk. But Maverick goes to meet with Iceman. And even in that weakened stage, Iceman gives him some incredibly powerful advice. Check this out. You feel the emotion of that moment, don't you? The music. You know, right, we're getting it right now. Listen to that, right? <laughs> but why is that so powerful? I think it's powerful because that's where a lot of us are sometimes. We just keep holding on. And those words just keep staring back at us. It's time to let go. And I love what Iceman said there to him. He said, the Navy needs you. Those students need you. Rooster needs you. And 
as I watch that, I think, that's why we're still here. That's why he tells them, that's why you're still here. Some of you are here today and you, you just can't move past what's happened. You can't let go and you can't move forward because you're so tied down to your past. You've allowed what you have done or what has happened to you. You've allowed it to become a part of your identity. But God is saying, I have grace that can cover all of that. If you'll just give it to me, if you'll just let it go. God is saying, I need you. The kingdom of God needs you. Your family needs you. Your children, they need you. Your spouse, your wife, your, your husband, they need you to be all that God has called you to be. This church, come on, we need you. This community, it needs you. The family of God, the kingdom of God, it needs you. That's why we're still here, because God still has purposes and plans for us. Oh, we may have messed up in the past. You may have had stuff in the past, and, and, and yet God says, let me take that. Give that to me. Let it go. Let me heal it. Let me forgive it so that you can move forward. I can use you in my kingdom. I got great plans for you. Don't let the pain of the past hold you back from the plans that God has for your future. Some of you are just like Maverick. You go, but I don't know how. I don't know how. I'll tell you the same thing I said. Here's how you. Here's how you do it. You start by letting go. Give up control. You know, there's a Bible word for that. You know, it's called. It's called surrender. It's a moment of saying, God, I surrender my whole life, everything that I have to you. And that's what this whole service has led to. This moment, this place, this time, that's why we have silly characters and movies and all this stuff to create that moment so we can come to that place right here and right now where some of you would make the choice, I'm ready to surrender my life to Jesus. I'm ready to give up my past and the pain and the hurt and the guilt and the shame and all this stuff to lay it down at the feet of Jesus and allow his grace to cover me. Here's what I want you to do all over this room. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes today. Maybe, maybe there's some of you and that's where you're at. Maybe some of you have never come to a place of surrender. You've never come to that place of saying, God, I trust my life to you. You know, the Bible tells us that we are all sinners. We all make mistakes. That's why we can relate so much to a story like this because we've, we've all got our pains of our past, our sins and the stuff that we have done because the Bible says we all sin and fall short of the glory of God. And there is consequences. The Bible tells us that the payment for the wages of the penalty for sin is death. The sin leads to death. But God made a way for life that he sent his son, Jesus, to make a way so that our sins could be forgiven and our lives could be healed and free through him. The Bible says in John 3, 16, you probably know it, that God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus, that whoever would believe in him would not perish but could have everlasting life. And all we got to do is accept that, confess that. The Bible says if we believe in our heart and confess with our mouth, we will be saved. And John, 1 John 1, 9 says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. So if that's you and you're here today and you say, I know I'm not where I should be with God. I have not surrendered my life to Jesus and asked him to be my Savior and my Lord. But today I'm ready to, I'm ready to make that decision all over this room today. I'm going to count to three. And if you're here and you say, I'm not right with God, but today I want to be right with him. Pastor, pray with me. I want you to throw your hand up in the air as high and as fast as you can. 
When I get to three today, we want to pray with you. One, two, don't miss this chance. This is your day. This is your moment. All over the room. Three, we want hands all over this place today. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you back over here. Two, back up there in the back. Anybody else all over this room? I'm not where I should be with God. Pastor, pray with me today. Thank you right over here in front. Anybody else? All right, I want us to stand on our feet today. I want us to pray. There's at least three that are making that decision. Come on, that's a celebration today, man. Yeah. I want us to pray this together. Everyone praying aloud in support today. Dear Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner and I need you. And I ask you today, forgive me of my sins from this moment forward. I surrender my life to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, just give the Lord an offering of praise to him. We're going to close in just a minute. The worship team is going to lead us in a song. Our prayer team is going to be here to pray with you. But maybe some of you are here today and you would say, I know I'm right with God, but I, I just can't seem to get past my past can't seem to maybe somebody has hurt me and I can't get over that maybe maybe I made some mistakes and hurt others and I can't seem to get past that but today's the day it's just time it's time to let it go it's time it's time to let God take control it's time to receive the healing it's time to set down the old identity of what I did and to take up a new identity that I am a new creation in Christ Jesus it's time to not just be forgiven it's time to feel forgiven it's time to walk in forgiveness it's time to be to name be named I am forgiven a child of God <laughs>